I am Four. in my flat in Manchester. Gavin, where are you? I am in my bedroom in Liverpool. Gav's wife has just shouted up the stairs that she's taking her ukulele to France on their holiday. This is how disgustingly middle, middle class. Achingly middle class. I resent you and your lifestyle choices. So, what's coming up in this podcast? <laughs> I think this is quite a busy one. It's a summer special, shall we call it? No, let's not. It like makes us think of Michael Barrymore, doesn't it? Summer special. It's a really full one there. Um, we talk about Veep. Um, we talk about the things we've seen live. Simon Amstel. The master Daniel Kitson. Oh, yes, yes. We've got um, a really interesting interview with um, Gina from Laughing Bassett. Um, I've come across their work on YouTube and Facebook and just dropped them a message because I'm really, in, really, I'm just I'm really interested in those people who are just out there having a go and I think their stuff's worth a look um the, the we had a good long chat and this is just going to be 10 minute extract and as usual there's going to be a um a full edit of the interview released in a couple of weeks time and it, that'll be worth listening to as well she's very very funny doesn't it get a little bit bawdy oh yeah oh yeah so there's, a, there's a bit definitely. of blue in this one we can do blue too and i've promised you to her Fair we're enough. going on a road. We're going on a road trip, Pete. We're going to do funny looking outside broadcast. Sounds disgraceful. I'm in. I'm in. Right, we're in. Um, what else are we talking about? Ah, oh, we also had a lovely night. Um, two lovely nights with some laughing cows in Liverpool. Yes, that is a very good thing. There's loads coming up. We've done a lot, haven't we? Oh my god! Oh, yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of time. Yeah, but we're going to start off um, with my little road. My other road trip. Your fanboy road trip. Where did you go? What did you do? What, come on. Well, on um, pe- pe- peppered through, um, starting with the, the first thing we're going to start with is, is, is three, just two minute extracts from a little uh, audio diary kept of my journey down to the Otherbelly Comedy Festival where um, I had the title of producer for Arthur Smith's show. It was really good fun. Very good fun. And um, what I'd like you to bear in mind when you listen to probably the last piece is that one of the people I was interviewing had no clothes on whatsoever. Lovely stuff. That makes us sound like such disgusting old men. Which is the it was art. Which is what I'm going for, really. It was artistic and creative. Here we go. Good morning. It's Thursday morning and uh, life is full of adventures for other people normally and today I'm at the start of an adventure. So for funny looking I am going to be attempting to live uh, audio blog the adventure that is my return to the night mayor of Balham, Arthur Smith and uh, I'm helping him steer uh, his other belly show uh, which takes place tomorrow July the 6th that is uh, at the Adderbelly Festival on the South Bank and uh, I'm heading now down the M6 but I'm a good 174 miles uh, two coffees away from that so uh, let's let's see, what, see where this adventure takes us about an hour and a half ago when I was a younger man enthusiastically I started this audio blog on the M6 and dear listener, I am still on the M6. And I use the term dear listener as a very tenuous link to another podcast that we're very big fans of, Pappy's, because I'm actually at the turning for Wolverhampton. But I'm not going very fast. Uh, we're going to talk about the Veep first up, Gav. Uh, which okay. is the new Armando Illanucci show, based loosely on the thick of it, which is obviously genius. Uh, and it's on Skylantic at the moment. So, uh, Veep, I, I, we've watched, I've watched quite a few now. I have really enjoyed it. Are you a big fan of The Thick of It, Pete? Also a fan of The Thick of It, Cam. I don't think anybody's not a fan of it. Maybe not my parents, because they believe in God quite a lot and they wouldn't enjoy the swearing, but everybody else. <laughs> Are you missing Malcolm Tucker? Uh, not at all. I think it's a completely different show. You've got to approach it in that 
in that vein, in the same way that when you approach the US office, you have to approach it as a different show. You're not going to get exactly what you want. You're going to get something different, but equally as enjoyable. I'm going to say something really naive here. I'm loving the swearing, and I didn't expect there to be so much swearing because it was American. Is that racist? Well, it's still a little bit racist, but that's fine on this podcast, Gav. We know that. Um, <laughs> but usually you're, usually but, you're the racist. Usually, but not against Americans. I've got a lot of time for them. <laughs> but it's HBO, isn't it? So it's going to be something brilliant. I thought it was interesting that Ilanucci said on his Richard Herring interview recently on that podcast that there'd been a thick of it. There's been another pilot of it done previously, and it was just terrible when ABC did it. So some good people so, behind it now. So the VEEP, VEEP stands for Vice President. It's about the Vice President's office and how kind of distant and remote within politics that role is and almost how pointless. They're kind of one heart attack away from being the most powerful individual on the planet, but they're actually potentially just useless idiots in the meantime. Uh, the Vice President played by... Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. You like you like her. Of course I do, Gavin. She has been in Seinfeld and therefore is a genius and a legend. Uh, there is always the Seinfeld curse that people talk about whereby uh, the actors can never sufficiently get over that. No. But hang on, hang on really a second. Well. Hang on, hang on, come back. What people? What people where are talking about the Seinfeld? Is this like big chatter in Manchester bars? Is that what you've just come from? <laughs> I think it's just the geeky things I read, Gab, more than anything else. <laughs> right. oh. Um, oh, if the, you look at what people. they've done since Seinfeld, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's not really done much except for buy expensive cars. Uh, Kramer, Michael Richards, uh, was quite racist on YouTube. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a, a poison chalice. But people are getting over it now with Curb and with, with Veep, definitely. Well, um, she's fantastic, and she is an amazing swearer as well. She got, she's got some good swearing chops. I'm coming across a shallow here, but who doesn't enjoy the the cathedral like um, approach to swearing? That that is one of the markers of this kind of program. There's some, a brilliant supporting cast. Um, obviously, you got those those assistants that work around the vice president. My favourite character though is a character called uh, Jonah played by uh, Timothy Simons. He's the White House uh, liaison officer, uh, and, and don't we know it? He's, he's tall and he's arrogant. There's something of a sexual predatory threat about him. I see a lot of you in him. Well, I was going to um, say, Gabby, he's, he's a bit of a role model for me. <laughs> <laughs> Very much uh, coming in and, and, and popping um, any aspirations. We never see here... Uh, POTUS, the uh, the the uh, I was going to say Prime Minister POTUS, the President, but he is uh, very much we uh, get to experience his influence. Uh, that that Bing Bong, Pete Jones, that little you text, just heard... that unprofessional text message you just received. Yeah, no, do you know what that was? That was a Twitter message from your girlfriend, best friend of the show, Claire, going, "I'm sitting here while they're recording their stupid podcast." She and is. She's a terrible girl, Gav. We've been through. We're going to cut the two, the two uh, articles she was supposed to be in. That's a decision. No, she's she, she's out, Gav. Until she makes this dinner again, she's out. <laughs> Who? What do you like about Veep? Uh, I like a lot of things. Um, I definitely like Tony Hale, who plays Gary, uh, who is uh, Buster in Arrested Development. Another thing you desperately need to see. I need to watch it. How am I going to do that though, Pete? It's all on on it's all, all on video. And how, is there a way I'm ever going to access this easily and cheaply and freely? Uh, you can either, oh. you can borrow my DVDs or watch it on Netflix, lad. There you go. Okay. I'll, I'll hook you up. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, I have watched every episode, all bar one. I I can't recommend it enough. Um, good luck to you, those of you with Sky Atlantic. Those of you without, hang on, I'm sure it'll be repeated on BBC in about five years' time. Or obviously it's going to come out on DVD. It's, it's, it's a top watch. Um, it did make me want to watch The Thick of It and In The Loop again, and it did make me very much look forward to the next series. Well, it's already been commissioned, so it should be with us within the next year or so. Hooray! That's uh, much love. And and Chris Morris, the team, one of my favourite comedy practitioners really and very much an english writing producing and directing um team behind the whole whole process so uh, it kind of doesn't challenge my purity of looking for british comedy uh, output as well so that's quite handy 
I enjoyed you using the phrase comedy practitioner there. Uh, someone's been hanging out in London this week. On this <laughs> so that's Veep. Go out and uh, don't download it illegally and watch it on the train and giggle lots like I did. Q-stick. <laughs> this thing. Okay, so next up, the three of us went to see Simon Amstel on his Numb tour. And I say three because welcoming back to the pod is longtime friend Claire. Hello, Claire. Hi, boys. Hello. Hello, Claire. Hi, Gav. Claire. Can I ask a question? Will you be tweeting rudely through this part of the podcast? I can do if you if you would so like me to. Does that make sense? Actually, I could. Yeah, it might divert you from actually contributing. So. Feel oh. free. Okay, children. Oh. Let's let's talk now about Simon Amstel. His num tour. We saw it at the Lowry in beautiful downtown Salford. Where did you see it, Gav? <laughs> downtown. Um, I saw it in the elegant surroundings of the Liverpool Philharmonic. And what did you think, Gav? Give us your initial thoughts. Well, I I think this new policy of refusing to go to see things together is really working out. <laughs> it's just quite far away, Liverpool, isn't it? Salford's on the tram. Can't get to the tr- can't get to Liverpool on the tram. Simon Amstel, numb. Simon um, Amstel, numb. Where he, he was basically coming to some sort of philosophical conclusion on, on why he felt so vacant and empty i think was part of it he's obviously just been through a relationship growing up as quite a skinny jewish homosexual probably hasn't been that easy as a rotund christian white boy (laughs) how did you relate um just you know wanking guilt probably i don't know (laughs) i enjoyed his um, philosophical statement and i enjoyed his sort of vanity as well as his sort of self-deprecation on top of that. It was a really weird combination, uh, but I think something that I kind of related to quite a lot. Uh, oh dear. Weirdly. It's not, it's not, ca- not counselling, Claire. It's supposed to be comedy I podcast. felt like it was counselling um, a bit. <laughs> I, I'm not finding someone to talk to. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of Grandma's House, and I love the, the character of Simon Amstel that... That is very much that. There's an extension of that in the in this life set, and and how much it crosses over. That again, as you say, is the angsty. It's that very much the commentary and the life he leads, which, as much as he tries to to portray as being terrible, and miserable, I think um, as a kind of urbanite metropolitan gay male or of the scene with some some spons in his back pocket, and that spons, I said, um, <laughs> it's quite. It's quite enviable, really. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed listening to him. I think he's a great storyteller. I didn't necessarily empathise with him. He leads quite an idyllic lifestyle uh, to me. He's always going on about um, the misery of having no friends whilst talking about it with his friends. That's a fancy bars party. And parties. Yeah. He also yeah. is having such um, a terrible time that uh, he's being able to pay to go to the desert or the jungle to find himself and take loads of yes. shame and drugs <laughs> on the way. Yes, it was, it but was, he hates but himself because of that, though. Too he 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 re- realizes his ridiculousness. If that makes sense. Absolutely, he's incredible. It was a very self-aware piece, and for that reason, I think it's what made it so funny. It's what it made it so warm. It's what made it so open. I think the image of him um, dancing to Michael Jackson on his own with some headphones on, completely off his head in the middle of the jungle, is something that will always stay with me. I've blocked that out. I don't know why. Maybe it was too traumatic. <laughs> you enjoyed it too much, Gab. Just to admit it. Now is your time. Take some shame and drugs and open up. It's, That's something for the next I pod. I found it, it almost... For the next pod, I shall reenact it. <laughs> I found it something that, that I would so heartily recommend. But if you ask me to tell you the bits that I love the most, I don't think I could. Mm. Because I think I was, so, I was so absorbed in the story of it all. Really, really commanding in this beautiful grand venue that is uh, Liverpool Philharmonic. Um, it just it had the held. I was really impressed that on the night that I saw him, he was trying new material. You got to have some chops That's to go on a big you know, brass balls right there. Well, absolutely, you're paying a lot of money. It's a big venue, lots of people, and just trying new material and being honest about it. That's uh, just just incredible talent. Well, he's got a confidence. Which hasn't he? He's got a confidence. Even though he's really, really but then, insecure. But then I'm getting 
bings and bongs over here. I'm sorry. But then um, his character is about having no confidence. Does that make, does that work? Well, usually. Well, I don't know. That's, it's slightly common to be very overconfident outwardly, but being incredibly insecure inwardly. That's not, that's not. That okay. Can, can I just, can I just stop this recording for a minute? Yeah. I, a funny looking podcast has just got a tweet from, um, Hello, Buglers. Yay! What's he saying? Fuck off. He's saying, email me at. Oh, sweet. So Pete, Pete has um, has made a request of one of the uh, Bugler leads and uh, to, to to interview him, and it's a possibility. Well, obviously, I wanted John Oliver. I wanted John Oliver. What can you do? If he, if he turns us down now, then he's just an absolute horror. Uh, let's let's just wrap. Come back to that. But let's wrap up on Simon Amstel. Um, just that character. If you get Grandma's House, which is just a brilliant series, do you watch it? I've not seen it. Sorry. Grandma's House. <laughs> Stop love it. talking. Love Stop it. talking. Okay, I'll just go make Stop a brew. I'll go make Cla- a brew. Right, Claire. Grandma. Claire, you keep talking. Grandma. Grandma's House. Brilliant. Love it. Love all the characters. Beautiful. It just brilliantly portrayed. Brilliantly but portrayed. Did you see? Hilarious. Love did the you see in one of those? Uh, yeah, for, the guy from the of it. Mm. Did you see the episode where he was showing extracts of him sitting on the BBC breakfast uh, sofa? No, I didn't. No, I must have missed that one. I because think I only watched about that two. That was beds. real. Well, that was real. That was taken from. I saw him do that on BBC breakfast. When he said something really bad. I am. Well, he was just talking about his tour. He's there to talk about his tour, and he's really uncomfortable and. And this persona, and it's, it's so uh, it's so meta, isn't it? You mm. know, the fake Amstel talk is showing videos of the real Amstel promoting the tool we saw. It all wraps up and rolls up. Where's it going to go? Would you recommend somebody else to go and see Amstel, and why? Oh God, definitely. Um, because I think it makes you question your own sort of actions and insecurities, but also as a sort of at least he's trying to have a bit of a deeper level with it as well, which is a bit different to every other comedian um, and a bit more. Uh, I prefer him to some, someone say like Russell Brand. He talks about similar Ooh, controversial. things. I also think at the end of the day, he's, <laughs> he's just really, really likable. And as a person and a comedian, you just you, you're yes. rooting for him, even if you do see the ridiculousness and the contradictions in him. That was a very a great sentence, Pete. I know I'm on the red bush yeah, these days, not the lager. I think we should just stop there. Simon Amstel, his tour's finished now. The tour DVD will be coming out. I, I think you'll find, I actually, Gav, probably purchase you've, it. you've mocked me for my lack of preparation, but if you do want to go see Simon Amstel, he's at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. He's playing the Bongo Club. Oh. And if you want to see his support, Daniel Sorensen, uh, he's doing the Pleasance Courtyard. So check that out at fringe.com um, and enjoy. Oh, well, I made it. I made it. One listener out there, I'm actually sitting here at the breakfast bar in Ballam of uh, Arthur Smith's um, rather swanky apartment. Um, But I'm not on my own. I'm sitting here. Introduce yourself. Hello, listeners or listener. Uh, There's only one. Listeners, probably just Pete. Okay. Hi, Pete. I'm Beth Francis. Beth, what are you doing here? Because I'm sitting here in in Arthur's house and he's not here. No. I don't know what I'm doing here. We've I've been, got no idea. We've, got both, we've both been uh, pulled on this eccentric uh, creative journey. Uh, Arthur's just had to pop out to do a job and come back. Uh, as all good producers, I've gone out and bought some beer, cheap wine and some pizzas. Uh, I've, I, I was going to go for crisps, but I went for pita bread and hummus. Uh, that was a kind of like a decision. How's that, Beth? Kind that's of... fine. That's good. Lowers the cholesterol. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice snacking. Because I'm, I'm seeing this as a way through to bait breakthrough as a, to a mainstream career, and I think decisions like that is what's going to swing it. For I think me. Oh, you could potentially be a TV chef. Well, maybe that, maybe yeah, that could mm, be. A... Oh, that's a different angle. Uh, so, so this time tomorrow we'll be a few hours off performing. Yes. And what will you be doing? Um, shaking uncontrollably, sweating, probably crying a little bit is in your a act? corner. Is that your act? No, that's just. Oh free, right, sorry. Free act. Uh, so uh, Beth and I are on this crazy journey, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Yay! <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to check the drawers in the front room. Do you want to check the cupboards in here? Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, Lord. 
Even though you do not exist, I should like to make this following prayer for today. May, by the end of today, none of us have split with our partners, fallen into a terminal coma, or failed to get any laughs whatsoever. We stride forward into this gig knowing that it could be a shambolic catastrophe, except the catastrophe is far too strong a word for a bit of a rub out on a Friday night. But I believe it will be a great triumph that our names will be written in the sky over the South Bank. I smoke this cigarette now by the Japanese pond and offer you positive thoughts. We've had quite a busy month of life. We spent quite a lot of time together, Pete. Well, since you've sort of jibbed into working where I work as well now, just to keep an eye on your wife, <laughs> very intense our friendship no, say, slash colleagueness. I was going to say how lovely it was, but I'm just going to gloss over it. And we've also spent a lot of time going to see some live comedies. So we talked about I'm still um, Daniel Kitson. I love the fact that when I listen to interviews about comedy, comedians refer to him as just as Kitson, and they refer to him in hushed tones. I've been waiting a long time to see Daniel Kitson, and uh, we did. What did we see? We went to see uh, his one-man show. It's always right now until it's later uh, at the Royal Exchange in lovely Manchester. And lovely Royal Exchange. What a beautiful theatre. Absolutely gorgeous. But to be honest, Gav, I completely get the reverence now because just saying his name just makes me giddy and weak at the knees. Once it I used was. to do that to Pete. <laughs> 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 uh, I, even though, thankfully for you, I had to sit on my own right at the top of the theatre. We could see you, but you could see us. What a perfect situation mm. for me. <laughs> Uh, what a beautiful evening at the theatre. Was it theatre? Was it storytelling? Was it comedy? Discuss 500 words It was a melting less. pot of all of those, Gavin, you know it. What, what were you expecting and what did you get? What we got was uh, him, Daniel Kitson, running us through the story of two people who we'd never met before, who only very briefly interacted with each other in their own lifetimes. And he took us through the, the moments of their, their lives, really. And he bounded around the stage, telling us about different, different moments in these people's lives. Never just the most important births, deaths, marriages, all that, but all the little moments, all the tiny little significant moments that just all grew, developed, just to build this amazing piece. What, what I couldn't get over was the pace that he spoke at. He told these stories in such detail at such a pace and it drew me in and I don't think I missed a, a word and I, I don't know how many words he was, minute he was doing but it just meant at the end of this hour and a half it was such a dense amount of information and stories. So there were these stories of the two people, Caroline and William, mm -hmm. Bill? Mm -hmm. William, yes. And and what what he said at the beginning was that you get to know these people very well and the, the weird thing is is I really do feel like I know these people because he spoke at such a pace over 90 minutes which just whizzed by and all of these tiny stories the minutiae the drama of their lives their birth their death um, their relationships or lack of uh, but peppered through that with just some fantastic jokes a brilliant reliance every now and again on the fact that swearing is big and clever and funny and some great cock jokes great cock jokes <laughs> <laughs> is there any other sort there? is there any other there's, all, there's always room for a good cock joke um, but what what just a master I would like to say that when we left there we went and sat down and had a pint we couldn't speak no we had problems speaking and I had a little weep through the whole thing as well. Did you? Yeah. I had a little weep. I, yeah. I, I wanted to talk about the pace, actually, as well, from my own perspective, as a, uh, a young person, youngish. Oh, um, get, over, get over yourself. And how <laughs> I felt that it took me a while to sort of get into his way of speaking. And at the start, I thought to myself, shit, he's too fast for me to, to take in. And I didn't know whether that was 
because my concentration span wasn't as good as it was, perhaps. Hang on a second. I'm of the MTV generation. You're not. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm from the... We're the MySpace We're the generation. MySpace generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, get, I know what you mean. It was... It, you had to apply yourself. There was no getting away from the fact that if you wanted to engage with this... Uh, there was a couple sitting next to me. I think the guy, he genuinely enjoyed it throughout, but at the beginning, he was really taken aback. I, I really think he thought he was there for a traditional stand-up gig. Yeah. And so he found it quite challenging. I could quite feel his tension, but then at the end of it, I knew he, he really relaxed. I think I, felt, I think I felt the same thing, actually. There was definitely a tension at the beginning. The guy to my right turned to his wife and at about five minutes in, similarly to you, and said something to his wife, like, is it just going to be this all night? It was just, but what I love is I love the way he just sort of bounds on, looking mental. Let's not be wrong about it. He looks bonkers and he's got weird clothes and Great big clothes. hair. And he walks on and then he captivates you and then he's gone again. An hour and a half later, he walks off. The lights go up and that's it. Rejected auditionee for Rainbow Reboot. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but he did still use. I'm going to use a wanky word. Um, the tropes of comedy, didn't he? The fact that he engaged with the audience, talked to them directly when there were interruptions, and notably when a glass dropped, he just stopped the whole thing and mm. talked like a comedian would. He engaged. He had that. Still had that link back to. A friend of mine went to the comedy. night before and said that someone fell asleep in the front row, and it was dead awkward. <laughs> Brilliant. But he came across as quite. I don't know if this is his character. There was a fragility to him as well as the, in the in the character or the performance or the persona. It just wanted him to just succeed. Yeah, and he did. He, be- he succeeded. Oh, he really did. Triumphed. Triumphed. I think quite um, often, Gav, on this podcast so far, we've been really, really gushing. And I think that's good because oh, I don't think we're in any position to be sort of negative about most people. But this was so unbelievable that there just really aren't words for it a lot of the time. It was just, it was just a fantastic, amazing way to spend an hour and a half. I immediately went online and to his website, and he's giving away um, MP3s and little tiny purchases for his material, which I have bought and downloaded. I'm li- not listening to it yet. I kind of want to find a like a really opportune time, but I can't recommend it enough. Um, don't go. And if and, and what if we didn't say to our comedy literate audience? If you only know Daniel Kitson from his quirky performance in Phoenix Nights, please stop downloading this podcast. <laughs> Gav, we can't do that. We need all the stupid loser listeners we can find. <laughs> but if you just Google Daniel Kit- Kitson, you'll find his links to him. You'll recognise him straight away from Phoenix Nights. And then you'll, you'll be, you begin to discover the fact that there's such a depth of, of talent and character. And it is hushed tones. And even though I've never met the guy, he's now Kitson to me. <laughs> This month on Funny Looking, we got uh, a really interesting chat because I'm, I've always been interested in people who just get out there and do it. And um, we found Laughing Bassett. We've been following them for a while, like uh, stalkers quietly watching, going, oh, that's funny, mm, that's funny. And recently, uh, I basically poured the podcast on their page and up popped Gina. Hello, Gina. Hello, Gavin. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. We're uh, using the wonders of the internet because I'm all the way over here in uh, Liverpool and at the other end of the N62 sits your good self. Yes, I am sitting as well. I'm in bed. Oh, th- that that's a little bonus there. Yes. For all of our listeners. In my onesie. Yes. Oh, and now you've spoiled it. Uh, in my naked onesie. Uh, in that, there we go. Yes. And so there, there's a first uh, for for us here with this interview. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about first. Tell us about Laughing Bassett because I came across. I, have, I can't remember where I was, I was digging around, and I first came across your. Was it me uh, spamming like a crazy person? I don't think so. I think it was your YouTube channel. Or oh something right. On, okay. On Facebook. Yes. Well, we we, st- we started off in January. I did I did a stand up show. Um, miles and miles away, I can't even remember where, Buckley. And I met Stephen O'Neill, who was doing stand-up, and he was he was absolutely adorable. And then I'd already I already knew Richard because he's just this big melon that hangs about me because he thinks I'm great. And Susie Colnut, who's another brilliant, fabulous writer and she's very clever, 
And I decided that we'd just get together and do funny things because otherwise I'm incredibly unproductive and just sit about in my pants watching Jeremy Kyle. So you were doing a, a stand-up night, were mm. you? Yeah, it was the first time I'd ever done it. I'd never done it before. Wow. And I'd been forced into doing it because right. I'm so lazy. And I really wanted to do something, but I kept saying, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm too fat. I can't do it. And then Richard said, well, you're just going to have to do it, you stupid cow. Because right. he's adorable like that. That's very kind words. Yeah, and so I did do it. I loved it. Met other people and just decided that there and then it was my dream to do comedy. Okay. What made you choose the idea of pulling together sketch comedy? And then, because you say that Laughing Bassett, uh, very, very easy to find if you just Google away, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Yes, um, it's just, it's, well, because Truman is a Bassett, he gave me the, a lot of the ideas to do Tru Laughing Bassett. Truman's not part of the, the team. No, he's the CEO of the team. Right, okay. He's the droopy faced one that you see on the picture. That's not me. Oh, I apologise. Yeah, that's Truman. Okay. He's got one blue eye. That's how you can recognise him. Okay. And he decided really above everybody else to do it. So how do you work? Because you seem to be all over the place. Do you live in different places? Yeah, Richard's in Wales. I'm in Hull. Stephen's in Birmingham and Susie's in Leeds. And we kind of... We we really work individually and then we'll come together once every couple of weeks and just chat about what we've done and each of us tweaks the other person's bits and pieces, nice. so to speak. We, um, we don't get to see each other as often as we'd like. We do Skype and we phone each other and we text all the time, but we don't... I often feel like it's just me by myself and they feel like it's them by themselves and we come together and we all bounce off each other. Richard forced you to do some stand-up. Yes. And he said that was terrifying, but you enjoyed it. Yes, loved it. And we'll come back to that. But how does it feel when you've written something and you're about you you're sharing it with other people? Do you get a similar similar concern? Or um, I'm re I'm probably the least generous person out in in the group. I I'm more precious about everything than everybody else is. Whereas. Stephen and Susie are so generous and lovely and they'll say, oh, no, change it, change it. But when anybody tries to change my stuff, I'm like, it's mine. I'm, I'm a quite unpleasant person. I'd say I was horrible. But we all get each other in different ways. I have nearly wet my pants with Susie. She is the most dangerously frightening female I've ever met. She's fabulous. Not much to look at, but she's really, really, really lovely and funny. She's horrible to talk to on the telephone. Right. I hate talking to her on the phone because she mumbles and she talks too quietly. So I don't like speaking to her on the phone. That's, that's, a, that's a lovely sharing. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that stays in. <laughs> no, in well, yeah, it's true. I tell her. Okay. I, I, when, I, when I have to ring her, I think, oh, God, I've got to ring Susie and I can barely understand her. But being in her company is one of the most joyful things because she's so ridiculously funny and she writes this amazing diary and everybody should read it it's it's called the, Di the diary of Susie Colnut and it's absolutely spectacularly beautiful she's much funnier than anybody else in the world okay so we'll we'll put you're going to give me all these links we'll put yes. them all with the podcast yeah um as well as laughing bassett you also have genoerotica.com <laughs> <laughs> yes i write erotica yeah, it's um, a very it's erotica with a twist, though, isn't it? It's too sexy, if anything. Yeah. I don't think we should say too much about it, other than um, I think people should huddle quietly. And this is a podcast, and so no one knows. And you're probably listening to it on a little device, Gene Erotica. Yes, it's just. Uh, I mean, uh, it's I, filthy. I, I, do you know what? In all seriousness, I get emails from perverts about it, <laughs> and once you've read it. I think you'll understand why that's so bizarre yeah. that perverts would write to me. Like, sending me links for real hardcore, dirty, like, midgetporn.com, etc. Okay, and again, we'll be adding links. Uh, to <laughs> that's not the... one of my links. <laughs> okay. Uh... Um, so you've, you've bashed around a few ideas. You've put them out between the group. You've decided yes. what you're going to make. Uh, then what happens? 
then we all get together and it's usually at Richard's house and we start filming in our clumsy no idea what we're doing kind of way and again I'm the most horrible member of the group because I snap and I'm nasty to everybody and I apologise for about an hour afterwards. <laughs> so sorry I was such a cow, I'm so sorry I was such a bitch. And then we sit and we watch the videos and a lot of them we don't put out because we don't like them. Right. Because we go, oh, it's not exactly what we wanted. So we just keep writing. We've got more sketches written than we have put out because finding, I don't know, finding someone that can actually see what's going on in my head and filming it at the same time is very difficult. You put them uh, put them out there mm -hmm. again again a few watches they're, yeah they're, we, they're we got 38,000 views um yeah. and we've only been doing it what six months and we got an email from itn and they said that they wanted to put the video on tv in america which one uh the delivery the delivery which okay. is the, which is the first one we did where i'm in my sexy onesie yeah um that yeah we got an email from itn um, they've got an, a sister company in South America and they wanted to put the video on. But we think the reason it didn't go viral is because it's banned in quite a lot of countries. Why is that? Uh, it's because we use someone else's music. Okay. It was a schoolboy error. If anybody's making any videos for YouTube, don't use anybody else's music. You should be in our sketch. We need, we need beefy men. <laughs> that's, Sexy men. Well, the, the beefy, I go there. Well, I, I tell you, you know, the, 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 you keep asking. It's a possibility. I mean, we're innately show-offs here at Funny Looking. Yeah. Uh, well, we weeks. need, I think we need uh, the diversity that you offer. Uh, you need another white guy? Yeah, we need we need white middle-class men. But you right, can't okay. find them anywhere. Well, that's Pete. I'm a faux middle-class boy, uh, oh. holding on failing to my working-class roots. Pete, I tell you what, I will volunteer Pete and, and myself, Ooh, and yes. uh, it, we, we, yeah, we'll come and we'll come and we'll come and play away. Oh, because I've got I've got a sketch that could do with some burly white men. Well, that you got. The, well, burly is a good euphemism. I do burly, uh, <laughs> Pete. Yeah. I mean, he's quite tall, strong in the eyes. Mm. Oh, yeah, so no. does he smile like they do on America's Next Top Model? He he uh, he uh, he's he is like who hosts America's Top Next Top Model? Um, Tyra Banks. Yeah, he's just like him. Welcome to the Laughing Bassett. We would like to share with you a series of instructions on how to troll effectively on the internet. Tell me what, and this is where you need to be. This is where the gin has kicked in. What are your aspirations for the four of you for Laughing Bassett? Um, apart from world domination, yeah. um, to keep enjoying what we're doing. And I would very much like to earn more money on YouTube because we are earning money on YouTube now. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's, that's interesting. Tell yeah, us about that. It's $2. Brilliant. Yes. And that's split four ways. <laughs> so, um, and that's in that's American dollars as well. Oh, American dollars. Yes, very good. 50, that's not... So that's fifty cents each. Yes, that's each. So we're going to take what we've earned, yeah. and pour it straight back in. But that makes you find kind of from uh, you're the, well, the, the, the officially you professionals. professionals. Yes. Yeah, that's right. We're professionals. Oh, professionals of course, that laugh at pictures of willies. Well. um... Would you do us a favour and pass on our thanks for whether they knew it or not, talking about your your laughing bassets? Uh, what to the other people? Yeah, the Richard. Oh, I'm and... not going to talk to them. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gina. Thanks for your time. Really good to talk to you. Goodbye. Um, I'm gonna bust. I'm gonna bust in one of the acts tonight. We're really, it's really quite exciting. Wilfredo is is warm, warming up. He's warming up out the back here, so I'm gonna just just have a listen. Have a listen. It's very exciting. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 don't let me interrupt you. No, no, no. <laughs>
We're practicing just because we're going on tonight here at Adderbury on South Bank yeah. for uh, Arthur Smith's <laughs> alternative jubilee concert. It's exciting, very I'm exciting. so excited. And this is my little tribute to the Queen, so perhaps uh, you get a sneak preview, eh? Oh, okay. Fantastic. Yeah, okay, Rich, come on, don't miss about. Here we go. People stand in line until the Queen, she has some time to spend a moment with you. And if she goes someplace to dance, you know that there's a young, she won't be dancing with you. Nobody? And afterwards she'll drop into a quiet little place and shake a hand or two. Then he goes and spoils it all by saying something stupid like If you stay here any longer, you're gonna get slitty eyes You can see it in her eyes that she despises the same old lines she's heard the day before And though it's just a line to her, for us it's true The Queen must find us such a bore you know, she practices every day to find some clever lines to say while working ever so hard. <coughs> Perhaps today she'll get to say in her old way, Hello, how are you? Have you come far? The time is right and then all the fucking lights are blue. goes and spoils it all by saying something stupid like that fuse box over there looks as if it was put in by an Indian yes then he goes and spoils it all by saying something stupid like if it doesn't fart or eat grass my daughter isn't interested in it yes then he goes and spoils it all by saying something stupid like you are a woman aren't you I'm actually standing in the wings, funny looking on the spot here, uh, standing here with Tom Tuck um, and Marissa Burgess, who's just come off stage. Uh, we're holding the curtain closed. Marissa has her own particular contribution regularly to, uh, to how, how was that for you chaps? Uh, that was lovely, darling. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Like a small appreciative audience? Uh, they weren't small. There were a hundred odd of them and it, 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 it's quite a rickety venue if it's not full. Um, that's the problem. You see, a hundred in a, a low ceiling room, that would have been... Ram jam. That would have been... No, but it would have been raucous. Oh. Even if, even if it was the same number a, of seats in a, a small ceiling room. chuckling and... There was a lady there I thought she needed to be taken out. How about you, Marissa? And how, and in the, well, the range? Um, how was it for me? A bit chilly? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But... Uh, and uh, are you coming into the dressing room? Hello. Member of the audience there. Um, so, so how was that? How's your foot? How did you hurt your foot? Foot? Oh, very boring. Um, oh, then you can keep going. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. So, uh, hours of rehearsal, days of preparation, months of thinking. It's all come to an end. Mm. Any final thoughts? Um, I think after that, there's very little to do other than rejig the syllabus and kill myself. It's very moving. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm just wondering where I put my knickers. I haven't got them. Okay. Have you got I'll them? Go he has. <laughs> I've got them on. Thank you very much and good night. So, Gav, next up, we had a... Uh, you invited me over for a lovely little night out in Liverpool, your fair city, oh, yeah. to a yeah, yeah. new comedy night. Uh, come tell us more. Yeah, it was the first night of what seems to be quite an established brand over your neck of the woods. Yes. Your bit of uh, the north, Manchester and its environs, Laughing Cows. Laughing Cows um, seems to have been going for about 10 years now and uh, is exclusively all, fe I don't like saying female, all women comics. They're, they're definitely they females. Female. I think that's fine. They are female, but Wait. it sounds like kind of clinical. We've got a woman here. A lady, okay, a lady. Let's, let's, what, what do you want to be called? Anything. Anything. Yeah. Anytime. Anything, um, right. Yeah, an all-female uh, comics, and that little organisation is growing and coming to uh, to Liverpool. And we went to 
basically the uh, local youth club for two in the morning onwards in Liverpool, Bumper. It was a great night. I've been to Bumper before, Gav. I stopped in, had a Jaeger bomb, no. and then moved on. So I was very excited to go back. Um, I wasn't allowed in one night. I think I was too old and I looked too dodgy. Are you there to pick up your kids? <laughs> <laughs> They're three and seven. <laughs> um, yeah, so so we. Ha- I well, listen. I'm going to d- dive straight in there. I had a great night, not just because of the company. Let's not forget there was myself, yourself. There was Claire, <laughs> and there was lovely Oaksy. Stephen Oaks, man and boy, he was there. I had a great time. I thought, do you know what? I thought there was a lovely atmosphere in the room. Uh, obviously, we're in this weird place that you said is like a local youth club, but um, like the atmosphere in the back room where we were was great. Everyone was really friendly. Uh, and then, then we got going, and I thought the compare was fantastic. Kate Tracy. Yes, that's the girl. Uh, apparently, it was, a, it was her first or second compare gig. Really very good. She really kept things moving, and um, she also kept everybody up and going. For, for, you know, establishing a new night, it's, a, it's an impressive thing to do, I thought. I have cheated on you both. I have actually subsequently been to the second Laughing Cows. Uh, we level. were in the glorious city of Leicester that weekend, so we couldn't make right. it. God's own country. <coughs> and um, Kate compared that as well. Um, and she was she was just equally, equally good. Just so warm and really set that tone for the night for me, which was... Because I think, you know, sometimes you go to a comedy gig and it can be quite a bear pit. It can be quite a, an aggressive environment. Um, and, and this this was a real tone set was just very, very welcoming, very open. She did a really good job. On the night that we went together, who did you see and who did you like? Uh, I thought the, my favourite person I saw, and Claire probably agrees with me. Do you agree? I can't just assume you agree yeah. with me. You know I agree with you. It was Hayley Ellis. Who's it there? somewhat goes against the principle but uh, of the night. But yeah, have, a vo- have your own voice. <laughs> But, you know, try and be funny. You know, that, have a go. Was she the second? She was the second act on. Yeah, she was brilliant. She was my favourite act of the night. She was in the uh, main event. I thought. Yeah, she. There was just something really likable and friendly about her, and she just. She's very clever. Very clever. A little bit dirty, which is what we want. Uh, <laughs> That's what we look for. A little in a comedian piece. Just in friends as well. All right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, who was your favourite, Gav, over both nights? Um, over the both, I really, really, uh, I thought was, I thought Hayley Ellis was the standout the first night. For me, though, the headline um, of the second night, Jen Brister, who someone I've I've heard on and seen on YouTube, was just standout for me. Standout, standout, really clever, really thought through, um, very, very uh, um, honest, and very individual style, and and. You know, it sounds like really kind of hackneyed cliches, so I'm going to try and avoid it. But definitely someone I think who's just just gonna uh, just on the up. I think it's a real privilege for Liverpool uh, to have Jen Brister and to get to get for Love and Cows to get get her over. And I look forward to seeing her again. Can I tell you another highlight of the first time? We yes, uh, the couple who won the competition to uh, go to Love and Cows <laughs> and were really overdressed for the event and therefore yes, got was... picked on online. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> well, um, um, but speaking of competitions, are you giving away some I, tickets. I am. I've been given Bloody four. Hell, t- that was that's seamless. That was uh, until we spelled it. That was brilliant. Sorry, I know okay. it was like talking of competitions, gal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Do you know? I, I I'm have, ill. I'm ill, and I came up with that. I'm ill. I'm I'm illier. So leave me alone. Um. Yes, I have been given four tickets for the next Laughing Cows gig. Now, the the reason I'm gutted, I can't go to this, I'm actually on Mioli days. It's uh, Saturday, August the 11th, and a brilliant headline act, uh, Keddie and Jill. Um, they're just, just so funny. I know, I know Keddie very well. She's uh, actually appeared very briefly in one of the earlier podcasts. Um, they just have the, these brilliant characters, um, an amazing uh, musical based, which uh, not being a big fan of musicals, I, I still find really funny. I'm going to put a link on our Facebook and Twitter to to some of their uh, work. And I've got four free tickets. Anyone that uh, the the first person who emails funnylookingpod at gmail dot com and says, 
politely, and that's the only stipulation, can I have the tickets? We'll get them. That's a lovely thing to do, Gav. What happens if I email him? Oh. Um, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you and Claire, sorry, no, you can't have them. Fair these terms and conditions. Any, uh, preferably, preferably a random, no, anybody. Because um, we, you know, it was our, our very good friend and friend of the pod, Mark. He won the Arthur Smith book. Yeah. Um, he, he was so pleased with that. Actually, I got Arthur to send him a little video congratulating him. But we had a, we had a few entries for that, you know, Pete. I know you didn't believe that, but <laughs> Alastair, you were second. And if you're listening to this, Alastair, and you email me, I will send you a bonus prize. I have got the latest edition of Mustard magazine, a beautifully geeky comedy magazine um, with Robin Ince on the front cover. I've got a spare copy and I will send you that, Alistair, if you email me because you were second place, the closest second place. There you go. Father Christmas. You just keep giving and giving and ho, giving. Ho, 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 fucking ho. Okay, so learn more about Laughing Cows Comedy uh, at laughingcowscomedy.co.uk. And they're... they've got knights all over the place. Follow them. Liverpool, Manchester. Chilton, where I'm moving to. Lovely. Oi! So that is the end of the fourth ever podcast. I'm impressed we've done it again. We've done it technologically this time. It's gone quite we didn't, well. We didn't even have to be in the same room to record it, which is ironic because we spend about three days a week in the same room now at work. That is your decision. You have imposed yourself on me, not the other way around. <laughs> and I'd like to point out, if our employees are listening, we, do nev- we never do the podcast in work time. Um, that was a lovely chat. There's lots of really good stuff going on. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Most of that is unrecordable, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but but uh, we've got a few things on the horizon. Pete, you've already got an interview in the bag. Mr. Andy Zaltzman from The Bugle. Hilarious man. Lovely man. Coming up in uh, Funny Looking Five. Brilliant. Um, I've got got a couple of DVDs in the back pocket that I'd like to introduce to you. We can chat about those. Anyway, uh, housekeeping. Email us, funnylookingpod at gmail.com. Twitter. Twitter, funnylookingpod. At funnylookingpod. Lots of Facebooking. I know Facebook is no no longer for hipsters like you. As soon as my mum got on Facebook... I've just stopped using it. <laughs> uh, we're all over the place. Of course, there's a website and you can um, now log on to iTunes. And a five-star rating would never go amiss. I think even it, if it's the least they could do. The least. Just lie. Just lie. Funny looking. Yeah. The greatest podcast ever. Five stars. As an example. Lovely to talk to you. You too, Bye. mate. Take care. Bye. Bye. Love you.